Christopher, you know happiness is the relationship between a well-blended cigar and a glass of Kentucky bourbon. That sounds familiarly. Yeah, I say it all the time. I know. You don't I, stop saying it. Well, I'm like a sensei. It's on your T-shirt right now. It is. For nearly a decade, our friends over at Jake's Cigar Bar in Brandon Crossing have welcomed folks from across Kentucky to find the perfect match of bourbon and cigars. Across the nation. What is your favorite part of the new Jake's? I like the structure of the building. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's got kind it. of a barn, like a, like a rustic sort of yeah. feel. Now, use words that I haven't before. Um, I haven't been there yet. I know you haven't. I know. I'm what sorry. a crime. I, I need to. I Why? Need to. I live out of town. Oh, God. I need to get there. You're right. There's no excuse. There's no there excuse. There is no excuse. Yeah. It's my favorite hangout. I and know. they got over 200 different bourbons and 300 different cigars. It's just beautiful. Jake's the only establishment that provides the variety Kentucky deserves. A new location at Jake's is now open real close to Drake's. It's uh, Brandon Crossing. Go over and see them. Make sure you like them on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about the future of Jake's. Now, those two rhyme. Make sure you go to Jake's. Not Drake's. Not Drake's. Yeah, I mean, you go to Drake's if you wanted to. Jake's and Drake's. Yeah. But go to Jake's. They should use that, though, in some sort of marketing. Together? Yeah, Jake's and Drake's. Drake's and Jake's. Yeah, you're a genius. Cakes, get a cake store next to it. Let's start the show. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 61 of the Funkhauser Situation. I am Chris Tomlin. I am the editor and curator of the Pop Culture Wing of KSR Funkhauser. And with me, as always, is my friend, uh, lifelong uh, partner. Well. Lifelong? Really? No, not lifelong. I don't think I've known you my entire life. Lee Cruz. Lee, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. You look good. Uh, Point of contention to begin the show, if I may. My sister. Wait, I I just want the record to reflect that I opened this with, hey, Lee, you look good. And now you got point of, you're answering with point of contention. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, my sister-in-law is new to this podcast. Uh, she just Welcome. discovered it a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, so she's only heard one or two episodes, you know, yeah. like, like, well, where you been, you know, but, um, she doesn't understand you the way I do. And, and I, I think you owe our audience an apology. And because I, as I reflect upon what you did last week uh, during the episode, you misled, and I think you've hurt our brand. It's um, the first time hearing of this. Well, it's because you're just, your head's in the sand. Re- remember your semi-recommendation for the Allison Williams Netflix piece? <laughs> and the movie's called what? The Perfection. The Perfection. I also said your your mileage may vary. Yeah. I said well, this is not for everyone. Okay, so I made that very, very clear. I get a well, – first of all, when you started <laughs> talking about it, again, this is a audio medium, not a visual medium. Yeah. So I could see on your beautiful cherub face the mischief <laughs> that was behind your eyes. And I knew you were – what because I said – because I, I could see – Mischief, right? And I and I. That's why I pointedly asked you, "Is this good?" And then you wouldn't answer the question. Right. So you wanted to torture me, but inadvertently you tortured innocent people, because I was told, because she recommended to my brother, 
They think they're going to get some epic Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia cinema changing. I never described people. it like that. Yeah, but they don't know you. Right, okay. So they go and they watch this, and my brother describes it to me. and how Oh, it, he told you all about it? Yeah, and how it ends. Yeah. Crazy. What, and my brother's like, what the hell was that? Why, who would recommend that? And I it, said, well, I don't think he actually recommended it. I think he was just going to torture me with it. was it. a gaslighting is what it was. Yeah, it was gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm surprised. Well, will look. you say you're sorry to the people who have watched that? No, because I think you're probably, uh, I was able to bring an experience to those people <laughs> that they would not have otherwise had. And I'm sure that for good or bad, they now will remember it forever. Yeah. You didn't watch it? You just heard about it? I don't need to watch it. Well, they oh, watched yeah, it. If you, if you know what it's me. all about now, you don't need to watch it. Well, I know how it ends. Yeah. And I've seen enough of the trailer to know it's you some had, sort of. You shouldn't watch the trailer. Yeah. You just well, it just kind of popped up. And yeah. then I watched it that way. But. It is. You got to admit, though, have, that knowing what you know about it now, it does sound pretty bananas, doesn't it? Yeah. It, but I, I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't invest time into it, though. Well, I invested time at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It was not time that I was going to be productive doing other things. Mm. That's what I would recommend. If you're going to watch that movie, don't carve any time out of your day. Do it on bonus time. Yeah, well, you just need to give clarification as to when you're trying to torture me and when you're making a recommendation because we're not going to have any credibility anymore. We're going to tell people, oh, you got to see this, and they're going to think back, no, I know what that perfection thing debacle was that Tomlin tried to get me to, to I watch. still think that people should check it out. Yeah. By the way, I've gotten uh, suggestions from people on Twitter, too, where uh -huh. uh, they think that you would be a pretty good voice for a lap dog, a chihuahua. I'm starting to get all of these – Nobody gives you the benefit of a uh, large breed animal, though. It's always the small <laughs> lap dog. They think that's how you would sound. Or your, your voice would lend credence to that characterization. I feel about that. So what you're saying is people think my voice sounds funny. Yeah. That's a huge shock to me in my life. <laughs> what huge. was the story when you, occasionally you would be on KSR? And, yeah. And what oh, would, yeah, yeah. What would folks say about oh, you? Oh, yeah. People, I, I got everything. I got he is, sounds like a person who's inhaling helium. Uh, he's the mayor of Munchkin City. He uh, sounds like uh, Ryan Lemon talking through a fan. Like all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this is my voice. This is my lot in life. So th thank you very much, everybody. All you, uh, Have you perfect human it? beings out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. right. They, are, yeah. they are, especially in social <laughs> yeah, media. Exactly. They're all perfect yeah. out there. Have you thought about elocution? Have you thought about doing electrocution? I don't electrocution. By the way, I am receiving treatments for a pinched nerve in my neck. I think they're getting uh, laser hair removal. Well, that's the thing. I, so <laughs> they do electri electric stimuli occasionally, oh, yeah. but I keep calling it electrolysis. Yeah. Which is the hair removal. Yeah. I got to remember. I've it's done electric that before. Stimulant. I've done that. I'd like you to put the thing on it. Oh. It makes your nerve like yeah. it's nuts. They put like five or six leads. On me. Stinson Chiropractic. I'll just give him a plug. There you go. Very good. Anyway, and they put them on six or seven, and they crank the juice up to where I involuntarily, this left shoulder, <laughs> yeah. it jumps like a frog being dissected Nuts in biology enough. class. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Is it helping? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, I was in real bad shape 
You described it to me as if ago. there was a, a something on your back that was like grabbing onto your shoulders or something like that, right? Like you said. Yeah, that, it sounded like. A, yeah. Well, I don't know what the politically correct term is. Yeah. A, what is it? A, a little person. Yeah. A little person yeah. sitting on my shoulder. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, been help now. You're doing better. Yeah. I still have a little bit of numbness. Like, you know what thumb. we need to do? We need to set you up with one of those things during this podcast. And whenever I want to, I can just yeah. hit a button and send your jolts <laughs> of electricity into your body. <laughs> it's not one of the greatest comedy scenes of all time in Ghostbusters. Go the opening scene of Ghostbusters. Bill Murray yeah. torturing that college yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and his gum flies out of his mouth. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to receive electric shocks. <laughs> You applied, didn't you? We're paying you, aren't we? <laughs> and he's just doing yeah. it so he could get with that co-ed. <laughs> More details are coming out about that Ghostbusters movie, by the way. Paul oh, Rudd yeah. is going to be in it. Oh, really? Okay. And I see I'm the writing on the wall as to what this thing's going to be. Okay. Because Paul Rudd apparently plays a professor, like a teacher. Uh-huh. And then the other people they've announced are like early 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. My guess, and of course there's nothing been put out about Ghostbusters 2020 yet, is that this is going to be something that has to do with uh, college-age students getting into the Ghostbusting game. Is it a different world? No, I, don't, I think it's the same because everybody's back, right? Is Bill Murray back? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I know it's Jason Reitman with right. the blessing I of Ivan. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen. Now, here's what's going to happen to you. If, if you like this movie, you're going to be a sexist. Why? Because I... You didn't like the other one. Well, I didn't like the other one because I didn't think it was very funny. That doesn't matter. I love all those ladies. That doesn't matter. That. Yeah. Well, I like all those ladies. I do, too. Again, I- I've told you this a thousand times. As much as I like The Hangover, Bridesmaids was a funnier movie. To me, Bridesmaid was a better movie than The Hangover. And they're sort of the same genre is why I'm comparing That's them. a good point. It just for joke for joke, that was a better movie. I, I'm like you. I don't care. I'm just telling you. There's people out there, right? I know. That no, when you right. say this. You're correct. That's no, correct. It may not be. It's funny. not fair, but I mean, yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. I will say this. I've always said this about that. We've talked about this many times on this show. The first half of it, where it's just them interacting with each other, with it's like Paul Feig's writing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. When they actually get into the action of it, I feel like the movie falls apart. But, I mean, you look at it. I mean, like, Kristen Wiig is going to be the villain in the next Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, you know I think yeah, I think. I and that, I yeah. just read yesterday that Melissa McCarthy, God bless her, she's a comic genius. Absolutely. She's a, a, an SNL host all-star. Yep. Uh, she is going to play Ursula in the live-action Little Mermaid movie. Wow. Because now, of course, we have to make all of our yeah. cartoons into right. live-action movies. That's yeah. the thing now, right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't but know that's they were not doing bad. That that's not a bad call. I no. mean, yeah, yeah. Although Ursula's not very comical in Little Mermaid, but she can be. Yeah. Are you going to go see The Lion King when it comes out? Oh, you going to yeah. take the kids oh, to yeah, that? Yeah, I'm going to. I loved. Yeah. I loved. Uh, I, I, Lion King's one of my favorite cartoon movies, and then John uh, Favreau's doing it. He did the Jungle Book. I've gone well on the record as saying I thought the Jungle Book was great. Um, Which did you like better, the live action or the animated? Jungle Book? Yeah. I'd probably the live action. Not me, animated. Well, I, I just... I, I, didn't, I love King I, Louie. I, yeah, I did like King Louie. Who, vo- who, vo- who voiced him? Was that... Um, Louis Prima. Was it Louis, Louis Prima that did yeah. it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's why it was so good. Yeah. I was, I, yeah, I was trying to think of who from that genre. Uh, and it was like a jazz singer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was great. Uh, and, and, and Blue, played by Jack Benny's old. Uh, Phil Harris. Phil Harris. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. Man. He did a lot. Although Bill Murray was good, too. Yeah. But Phil Harris was excellent. And your boy uh, Idris Elba was uh, Cher Khan in the live action. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was did, really good. Where did I see Idris Elba pop up recently? Well, he's coming else? out with that new Fast and Furious. He's the villain oh, yeah. in, the, that in that franchise. Ridiculous. Hobbs yeah, and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. I'll watch that. I'll watch that. You will? That. Yeah, of course I will. I love Statham and I love The Rock. I love Idris Elba. Hey, I know. So there you go. You gotta, you gotta, um, Idris Elba can act. The other two you <laughs> yeah. mentioned cannot. It does not look like they're giving him much to work with yeah. in this new movie, though. But... Statham's great. Statham is an action guy, and he's kind of self-effacing. He's, he's yeah. likable. I really did like him, Statham, in the Melissa McCarthy movie where oh, he yeah. played sort of the dumb CIA oh, he guy. He stole the movie yeah. in that. Yeah, he yeah. kind of spoofed his own character in that. Right. I, liked the, I liked him in The Meg. The Meg's a terrible movie. It was but, a horrible movie. But he's not. I mean, it's, it's an action. It was like an, it was like, that was like an early 90s movie. You know, yeah. he kind of has that throwback, right, to those early days of Schwarzenegger, Stallone, just a, just a rock, rock tough guy kind of, you know, like a steely tough guy kind of character. Yeah. You I know. don't know that he has the same gravitas as Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Well, don't forget, Statham was also in an excellent movie and a legit excellent movie in Snatch. Yeah. Snatch is a fantastic movie. It's okay. Snatch is great. This is coming Brad from the Pitt guy who wanted us to watch The Perfection. <laughs> I still think. You know what was an underrated Brad Pitt movie? Fury. Or as you call it, Furry. Fury was great. Fury was great. The, that is, um, that I've always described as being Memphis Belle on a tank. Yeah. Right? Because they're just, it's about a. You had the claustrophobic moments. Yeah. The anticipation of, yeah. like, what was it, three or four hundred Nazis surrounding them as they're yeah. waiting that's a, that's the that's best a loaded moments. cast too. Yeah, it was. That's the best cinematic moments is anticipation. Case in point, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. The best part of last season was when they knew they were on the horizon. The White yeah. Walkers, mm -hmm. and and it's about to begin. And those tense moments, a really good director can milk that and make right. it really good. And likewise, the uh, moments before the Battle of the Bastards. In the season before, where, uh, oh, yeah. where, where, where um, mm -hmm. uh, no, it's two seasons before, where Jon Snow goes up against uh, right. Bolton Ramsey, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. That. And that was good, too, because right. they were getting ready, ready to face off. You think things were going down. Braveheart. Braveheart's great. Yeah. When Braveheart's so rewatched. William Wallace is giving the, the speech on the horse going up and down, and yeah. you're waiting for battle to begin. What are our best, our favorite war movie moments? This is a good topic. Yeah, it is. Um, you know what they're remaking? It looks visually good. It's uh, what's his Roland Emmerich. Um, <sighs> it's um, Midway. And when I was a kid, I would watch the Battle of Midway. It was, I forgot who was in it, but it was guys like Charlton Heston, you know, and it was the telling Bronson. of. Was it? I think Charles Bronson may have been. That, he? May have been. But it wasn't called Midway. It was called the Battle of the Bulge, right? No. <laughs> what, wasn't that the movie? No. No. The Battle of the Bulge is in the European theater. Midway's in the Pacific. I watch all my movies in American <laughs> theaters. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I had to. I didn't know it was called a different thing over in Midway's Europe. Midway's an island. <laughs> I know, I you know. moron. 
Oh, God. Help anyway, me. Anyway, also a great video game back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, you know one of my favorite war movies ever, and I think it's a perfect movie, although it's hard to look at as a whole because it's too, it's so segmented, is Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Because the first half right. is training, mm-hmm. and that's arguably the best part of the movie. Right. But then they go, then they go over, over to, the, to the war, and they have the, the scene where the sniper's shooting mm-hmm. everybody and they can't find them. But, man, R. Lee Ermey is that R. drill Lee sergeant. Army. Yeah, man, and, and it's, to this day, Vincent D'Onofrio is, yeah. I mean, he's so, he's such a creepy dude in What's that What's the deal with his eye? Does he have a lazy eye? Does he have know. something going on? I don't or can know. He, I don't know him. I know, but there we are times. This there are times he seems very normal, his eyesight. And then there are moments in some movies where it twitches, and I'm like, how does he do that? Because I thought he's, he's faking doing, a lazy I, eye. I think he's got because it's not as bad. So I'm wondering, is he that devoted to the craft that he can get this eye to do something wonky? I don't know. That's that would be an odd affectation to just adapt. I'm trying for to some remember movies. what movie. I mean, it's, and maybe it's just a CG effect. He had one eye that was. No, like, they're brrr. not CGing his I'm, his I'm, twitching I'm, eye. Well, I it's nice, but the it's the pupil <laughs> that's twitching. It's not like oh, I see that that happens though. Yeah. I see that in movies all the time when two people are staring each other down. Some people's pupils go back and forth real fast. Not he has just one do it though. It's just one eye does Maybe it. that's his thing. <laughs> yeah. But he's great in Full Metal Jacket. I mean. Yeah, no, he's a great and actor. And is I great. I really like him. Matthew yeah. Modine's great. You know what else he was really good in was, uh, oh, uh, the. Men in Black. No. Where yeah, he, you, know, you remember him in the first Men in Black, right? Really? He plays the farmer who gets oh, the alien right. in him in, like, See? the first part of the movie. And and if you want an alien, you get <laughs> yeah. a twitchy eye guy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But, no, uh, he was so good as Vince Vaughn's brother in the breakup or whatever it is with Jennifer Aniston. Is that what that was? Remember he owned the boat company or, no, the, the tour the company. the breakup? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It took place in Chicago. Yeah, and Vince Vaughn was, you know, a yeah. ne'er-do-well, no yeah. responsibility, and, and he's trying to just help me out here. Will yeah. you please? He can play anything, really. He's yeah. pretty versatile. I mean, he was on SVU for a long time, wasn't yeah, he? And yeah. then he was in. Oh, he's a solid actor. He's on yeah. Daredevil. He played Kingpin in the Daredevil series. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, you know, a movie, and this is going to probably, uh, the, uh, the, uh, in the in the interest of it, you know, there are movies that you see and you're like, there are famous movies that you're like, I was never crazy about that movie. Mm-hmm. One of those for me is Apocalypse Now. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because I saw it at a young age and I didn't understand it that mm-hmm. well. And so I never really understood it or never really gave it the shake or didn't have the historical context or what have you. But I never really felt like Apocalypse Now was the masterpiece everybody seems to think it was. Well, Did you? I, no, I agree. It, it was great performances, mm-hmm. but a director who was a little too self-indulgent. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's just, it well, never. you also had Brando in there. Right. Who is also a, a, right. a study in self-indulgence. Right. Yeah. But Robert Duvall's fantastic. I mean, that's yeah. iconic with the with the copters, the yeah, helicopters the coming of, in. Yeah. most mill napalm. And he, he doesn't yeah. flinch. Everybody's taking cover, and he's just standing there. Shells blow up yeah. around him. Yeah. Yeah, but I just felt like that. it was way too long. It was like, oh, God, the director's in yeah, love with everything artsy, about yeah. this. Um, for me, for me, the movie that kind of educated me on life in Vietnam was Platoon. Yeah. Which is a good Charlie one. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, and um, Sean Penn? No. Sean Penn's Casualties of War. 
Who else? Uh, Lawrence Fishman in Platoon? Maybe. There's a lot of people from Platoon that you forget are in Platoon. I'm going to look that up. Casualties of War was Michael J. Fox, too, right? Yeah, that's right. She um, miscast in that. Yeah. Platoon cast. Platoon Kept had... waiting for Dr. Emmett Brown to show Willem up. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Tom Berenger. Um, who else is in that? Uh, Kevin Dillon. Oh, yeah. Who is a drama from uh, uh, Keith David. Mm-hmm. John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Johnny Depp is in that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Tony Todd, who played Candyman in the horror movie Candyman. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing that, and that was the first war, Vietnam War movie that kind of stuck with me. You know, uh, speaking of war movies, a veteran buddy of mine who uh, was a little young for Nam, but he did tours. He was in the Yugoslavia, and then he did the Gulf War. He said one of the more realistic scenes, fighting scenes, battle scenes, mm -hmm. is actually in Forrest Gump. Which scene? Well, when he saved or tried to save Bubba. When he's carrying him through the forest? Yeah, but because I guess the... We can't get him out of the fox. Like they, yeah, but Viet Cong, they use, uh, or, or the, because you saw tracers. And a lot of times that would happen, you know, so tracers are used so you could see where you're actually aiming. Right. So you'd see it looks like lasers from Star Wars, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the whole ambush scene, he said that was as realistic as mm -hmm. uh, he's seen in a while. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan's good. Obviously. I mean, yeah. I mean, not a dry eye in the house at the end of that one. Well, Hanks. It's so good. I yeah. saw, uh, you know I what? I think you say Hanks was the only dry eye in the yeah. house. Um, you know what talk show I end up watching clips of because I don't get it uh, is the Graham Norton show. I end up watching yeah. that, and, and the format for that is he awesome. brings every celebrity he's got yeah. out at one time, essentially. Right. So they're all there on a couch. And Hanks ends up stealing the show anytime he's on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting because you all like Keanu Reeves and um, yeah, it's sort of a comedian. Or they'll have a connection somehow. Corden has adopted that as well. He does yeah, that James now, Corden, so he yeah. kind of brings everybody out at the same time, which yeah. I feel like it's kind of low budget because he definitely just lifted that format yeah. from Graham Norton. And I prefer Graham Norton. Yeah, Graham Norton's really likable. He's, uh, yeah. he's, re he's really famous over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Hanks, they had Hanks – read a line from Forrest Gump because they had the uh, British sprinter who was in the Olympics, and this is sort of an old clip, but uh, whatever the last Olymp Summer Olympics was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so because it was all about people would see this guy, and they'd yell, run, Forrest, run, to Mo, whatever Mo's name was, Mo Farah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. and um, so Hank's – and it was just funny to watch him because they had cue cards for him to read the line. About running, so I just running. Can he still? Have, can he still do it? Yeah, oh yeah. I yeah, mean, he, he jumped right. He like jumped that. right into it, and it was just crazy because he's in a yeah. suit and tie, and he's on a British talk show. But he was doing that. Is there, you know, any, I, is there know, any celebrity he, you'd want to meet more than Tom Hanks? No, obviously not. I mean, he's he the, just seems like the kind of. I I was listening, and I sent this to you, Conan O'Brien's podcast, which you shouldn't listen to. Is you should listen, listen, keep listening to this podcast. Right. But Conan O'Brien had Martin Short on. Yeah. And there great. was a great uh, line in there where Conan was talking about Tom Hanks, and he said that Tom Hanks has gone on record as saying if he could be a fly on the wall oh, yeah. at any time in history, mm -hmm. and he's a huge history buff, it would have been to be in the room when that cast of SCTV mm -hmm. that Eugene Levy, Martin Short, Candy, when they were like uh, just right. spitballing. Right. Like he, he's fascinated with yeah. those comics and 
what they did. You know, Hanks, you know how he developed the voice for Forrest Gump, right? No. He so they they hired the young Forrest, right? And the young Forrest, who now I think is still an actor, he's probably 28 years old or whatever. Yeah. Um he he was from Alabama and had that very thick accent. Mm-hmm. So he talked like that. And the and uh, the director is, is Robert Zemeckis, right? Yeah. And they're they're trying to discuss. They're trying to help the kid to sound more like Hanks. And then Hanks said, "Well, why don't I just sound like the kid and make this easier?" That's awesome. So that's so Hanks learned. So the kid was hanging out with Hanks, so Hanks could pick up his accent. Right. So they just reversed it. That's great. So that's why he talked like that. Can I get you to do something (laughs) for me? Can I oh, hear Here we go. what a conversation between mm-hmm. uh, Forrest Gump and okay. Hervé Villachez would sound like? G- give me a topic. <laughs> Let's do um, uh, the uh, national debt. Okay. I don't have much money. You don't need the money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's like they're in the room. Yeah. Was one of them. Braveheart's good. We talked about Braveheart. Uh, Fury. Um, there's so many good war movies out. I mean, like, did Kubrick do another war movie or was Full Metal Jacket his only war movie? I don't think I can think of. An, well, I don't think there is. Um, I'm going to look up. So I'm going to look that up. Um, I, feel the way, I feel about war movies the same way I feel about gangster movies. In, in that they all are very similar and then you get one or two that are just like mm-hmm. head and shoulders mm-hmm. above the rest. Right. You know, um, like for me, it was it was Goodfellas. Like oh, I yeah. still watch I other stop. gangster movies, and I'm like, this is gang- Goodfellas is my gangster movie. Mine too. Yeah, if it is on, I will stop whatever yeah. I'm doing and just finish it. It's it's great. Yeah, Every the, moment Ray of it Liotta, is great. Ray Liotta, the whole thing. I love everything about yeah. it. And he even did you know Casino, which is like Goodfellas. Yeah. Not as good as Goodfellas. Yeah. Then the um, the Coens did Miller's Crossing, which yeah. is a great mob movie. Again, mm-hmm. when you put up next to Goodfellas, Goodfellas is better. I mean, Goodfellas is yeah. so the music's in it, the the lines, it's funny, it's, it's serious. Just, it's, it's so enticing to watch. Again, they've got the lifestyle of wealth and privilege, yeah. but at such a high cost, and you can't trust anybody. That's what's so fascinating about it right. is that they're making all this money, but they know at any moment what they assume is one of their best friends could kill them. Right. Could just turn on you. If, and that's the great thing about Goodfellas. If, if the order comes down, you can never turn your back. You never yeah, know. Joe Pesci. When Joe Pesci. Yeah. Whatever. When he walks in that room, he yeah. thinks he's getting made. And nope. Yeah. yeah. No, you're getting done. But I, you're right. They're getting made. I think the reason those, those genres sit so close together is that a mob movie is like a war movie, but the characters are less predictable. Right. In a war movie, you know that mm-hmm. there's no chance that somebody in the foxhole is going to just turn around and, st- and take right. somebody else out. Right. Like you're all on the same team, and there's a protocol mm-hmm. you have to follow. But in mob movies, if you do them right, like Goodfellas, you see that these people who are essentially soldiers in their own army yeah. are these former ne'er-do-wells, you know, just scoundrels, ruffians, yeah. you know, uh, bullies, everything mm-hmm. like that, and they've... They've risen through, and there's that unpredictability of the character. It's like uh, De Niro at the end of Goodfellas when he tries to get him to come into the shop. Right. Remember? Uh-huh. 
I mean, and, and Jimmy's been their friend the whole time, you know. I liked um, – uh, the, there was a pretty good battle in Last of the Mohicans. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen fl- that from top to bottom. Really? Daniel Day-Lewis. I've seen a lot of it. Could we just say that maybe, as much as we love Tom Hanks, you're still watching Tom Hanks, right? Right. I know where you're going with this. And as much as we love Denzel, it's always Denzel. Yeah. But there is one guy who is the best that may have ever been, and it's Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. You don't know. That guy is completely different. Well, he's a notorious um, crazy good uh, method actor. Yeah. Right? So, like, when he did Lincoln, like, he – he he wanted to be dressed like Lincoln. Like he wanted to to he stayed in character all the whole, the whole time. Right. Gary Oldman's similar. Like Gary Oldman's in movies that I don't even know he's in. Yeah. That I that I like. Yeah, he was great as Churchill. Yeah. He was great as Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. I love Gary Oldman. I know you do. You love Churchill. Yeah, I love Churchill. Uh, I need to see that. I haven't seen Cigar that. Cigar smoker. He'd hang out with me at Jake's. Yeah. Not like you. You know what you are? You're a Neville Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of myself as an Oliver. Uh, who is that? Uh, who is the? Uh, oh, who is the other the guy from World War One? Uh, Oliver. Is it guy who set up the League of Nations? Who are we talking about? Oh, uh, he's the guy that. Um, Oliver Twist. No, he's the guy that uh, Elvis Costello sings about. Oh, really? In, uh, I didn't oh, know there was a rock song about this Oliver guy from World War One. Yeah, it's um. Oh man, I don't know. I don't either. Never mind. See, riveting though. You've taken us down this path. <laughs> no, no, I just brought the whole thing to a standstill. <laughs> yeah. You been watching anything? Uh, what is the last thing I? Well, I went and saw the Avengers for the third time. Man, I, it's a lot of time invested in a movie. I like it. Oh, I like it too, but I mean, like three hours is a long well, time. Well, I, I wanted to see it one more time before they take it from the big screen, and uh, and I did you see it. it with the additional six minutes of content that they're saying they have put I, back no, out? No, I theater. didn't see any additional. Are you sure? I don't think so. I did uh, well because I was familiar with it. I did take two pee breaks, so maybe because you knew. Well, I think because I had an adult beverage before I went, and that really will work <laughs> on the bladder. Am I right, Maria? Yes. So I don't, you know, that because normally I, you know, at my Two age, pee breaks. Yeah, and you might you might want to. Well, at my age, at. I go ahead and, and clear the system <laughs> before I see a, an epic film like that, so I can sit there the whole time. Yeah. But I, I saw it at the Regal, and you recline in those things. You're more comfortable. You're more comfortable, so I think it starts to <laughs> activate quicker. And like I said, I had an adult beverage before I went, so that. You know, aggravates the prostate. They will tell you that. Yeah, but still, two people, you had two or three. It's a for three-hour movie. And again, I had an adult. You're gonna tell me when you've had drinks. But if you, you don't the, go to the, if you, you clear Maria, the system, when it, when he, what did he do when he got here? First thing he did, he went and peed. I had two cups of coffee. Okay, well, alcohol's worse than. Well, guess caffeine. what? I guarantee I'm not gonna have to pee before the end of this podcast. You're not drinking alcohol. <laughs> well, I wasn't drinking alcohol on the way here. <laughs> well, you're missing out. <laughs> Well, did you see, did they, add, I mean, you, did you say they added a, a yeah. end scene? Yeah, so they, uh, what's his face, Russo? The one, Russo, yeah. yeah the, one of the, the brothers, yeah, yeah. Joe or one of them, comes up before the film starts and says, hey, stick around for some added stuff that only regal audiences get. Because the previous experiences were at Cinemark, I guess. 
So I went, okay. It was. <laughs> Did you say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, just like that. I love the. I, I, there was nobody in there. I went, okay. <laughs> so I watched that. Like, okay, let's see. And I, and I had another. Pee. So the second pee break, by the way, was during the credits. Okay, so don't act like. So I made it, you know. Anyway, and then I come back, and I'm waiting for this. And it is a scene they cut, which I don't even know how it would fit in the film. There's a burning skyscraper. And Al from Die Hard. Al Pal? Sergeant Al Pal? Sergeant Al Pal. Reginald uh, Vell Johnson? Yes. Is the, is the cop or the fire chief running the scene. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And there's people, and you can say, oh, they haven't finished this because the effects look horrible. And they, there's, a, there's a fire up at the top, and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Then you see the Hulk jump up there. Puts like five people on a satellite dish <laughs> inside. This would not have fit in the movie anyway. I know. And then <laughs> I think it was being punked. <laughs> and then jumps to another building and then on the ground and then lets everybody slide out of the satellite dish as if that wouldn't give them vertebrae damage. <laughs> like we're fine. We just. A giant. Um, can you imagine the shock of the collision <laughs> as you're falling? 200 they're feet. screaming because their arms have been yeah. broken. Yeah, what the? And then, and then, and now he's not finished. The CG well, here's isn't the finished. other thing. Here's the other thing. There's no way those people would stay in that satellite dish. I've been on a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. I am right. in a seatbelt. Well, and if I wasn't in a seatbelt when that coaster dropped, oh, I would yeah. fly up into the That's air. That's exactly right. Well, they were supposedly hanging on. And, you know, Bruce Banner, the genius that Smashing he is. Smashing their faces into the Thinks that the this is going to work. So anyway, he saves them, but he looks like, I kid you not, the early version of Nintendo. He was blockish. Oh, so that he was like a basic CG. Yeah, very basic CG. But it's still Mark Ruffalo talking <laughs> yeah. and Al Powell talking back to him. And it's like, this was, and, and, and Russo said, this is one of our favorite scenes we had to cut. We just couldn't, we just didn't have time. Where would they put it? I don't know. Was he in like glasses Hulk mode? No, he was, well, yeah, he was, because he was talking, obviously, so okay. he wasn't, he was, what, Professor Hulk or whatever they yeah, yeah. reference. It was horrible. And then there was a sneak peek after that of the new Spider-Man. Oh, I can't wait for that. That looks good. That's this week with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I like this Tom Holland kid. Oh, I do too. The, you know why? Because, again, back to the Graham Norton show, the episode I saw too, him and Hanks were there together. And he was as mesmerized with Tom Hanks as, I mean, it was talking oh, about yeah. hero worship. Right. Mr. Hanks. Yes, Mr. Hanks. Well, for him, it's Woody, basically. I mean, like, well, he's true. only 14 yeah. or 15 years old. Maybe he's older than that, no, probably. He's probably 20 something. But uh, is he 20 something? Because Peter Parker's know. only like 16, I think. Well, people play different ages. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Jeez, oh, Pete. Let me look at, <laughs> let me look him up. I'm going to look him up here. I think I'm going to say he's 19, Tom Holland. All right. But even then, here, I we're mean, look him up. Tom Holland, here we go. Born June 1st, 1996. What does that make him? I don't know math. I don't either. Maria, you know what that is? June 1st, 1996. How how, how, how does that make Tom Holland? 23? Yeah, she's right. Well, in 2006, he was 10. In 2016, he was 20. (laughs) So, yeah. That's why people tune into this podcast to hear us sound out. Let's just recap where we are, Maria. (laughs) 
He said Tom Holland was 14. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I you s- did. Your original guest was 14, <laughs> and he's recommended the Allison Williams bomb perfection. <laughs> if anybody I wonders am. why we can't get any movement <laughs> on this show. Uh, <laughs> I want to see this, though. I loved, 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 loved the first one. Yeah. The, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. Homecoming? Yeah, I thought it was great. Michael Keaton was great. It was great. It was fun. It was it was light. Um, Michael Keaton brought a sort of uh, menacing tone to it. It was real uh, tension mm. when you open the door and it's oh yeah oh my realized. god that's my girlfriend's dad I know yeah yeah and then and then and Keaton is so good as he's looking in the rearview mirror when he's taking him to homecoming. Yeah, oh, and yeah. And then Keaton to figure out who he rea- is. and realizes who yeah. he is. And you see it on his face. baiting him with questions yeah. to get what he wants out of yeah. it. Yeah, and, and Tom Holland sort of yeah. seems familiar as well. And yeah. then they figure it out, and he turns around yeah. puts the my, gun on that seat. Right, my, my spider sense is going yeah. on. Or as Aunt May calls it, my Peter tingle. <laughs> is that what she calls it? Yeah, in the trailer I saw. Because she throws a banana at him, and it hits him in the head. And he goes, Aunt May. She goes, well, you can dodge bullets, but can't catch bananas. Doesn't doesn't your Peter Tingle work? He goes, please stop calling it that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, here's the thing about that, that new Spider-Man that I'm not crazy about. I don't know why we now have to go back and go back into the event, what happened in the Avengers. Why? What's wrong with that? I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think if we were sort of... Endgame did such a great job of just closing that out, right? And now we now have to go back in Spider-Man and... What do you mean? Explain how all, what everything happened. Because you've seen the, the trailer. The five-year gap. Is that what you're talking well, no, about? No, but you've seen the trailer. They talk about multiverses and everything like that in the right. trailer. So right. When Thanos... Clearly, so my right. geek friends told me when Thanos exited mm-hmm. and it shot that gamma ray stuff, that's what created, created a whole mutants... Yeah. So now they can go in these other directions. It goes in, in right. all these other multi-universes. Yeah, and I think it's fine to explain that. But I, I hope I hope that they're leaning into that in the trailer more than it's a part of the movie. Because, Why does that bother you? Because I just feel this is, I feel like this fran- this new Spider-Man franchise is so likable and bright and breezy that <laughs> I think that... Are you talking about a movie or a fabric softener? <laughs> I'm talking about a... Uh, uh, I just don't know that we need to keep going back. I don't know that every movie from here on out has to have a big scene about Thanos' snap. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, why can't – let's move on now. We've all gotten past it. We, we've done Why we did does it. that bother you? I just – I think that it will tie – I think it will hold everything down for this next phase. Really? Yeah. That's what's going to hold it down. What do you th- – That's going to hold it down. <laughs> I'm serious. That the origin story – of Mysterio and whoever this new character is. It looks like Sandman no, to I me, but I can't fine, tell. No, I think it's fine, but what I'm saying is, is do, does every Marvel movie from here on out have to be like, well, is, which, which universe are we in? Is this this universe or that universe? Or, you know, what about the snap? And where was he for five years? And he wasn't here when this movie came out. And he I was, don't know uh, that it's multi-universe anyway because uh, Captain America clipped all the branches. What I'm telling you, he, he did when he snapped this finger is he created mutants. So now we got more villains. It's not you don't have to worry about parallel universes. But that's what the Spider-Man trailer makes you makes it sound like. It sounds like there's the a multiverse. The only person situation. I know that was affected that way was you. Well, I'm just look. I'm not saying I, I'm sure it will be great. My point is is that we've seen the end game. We've all seen end game. Now let's just move forward with new stuff. 
What is wrong with nostalgia? I just, I feel like 22 movies set up one movie, and now that ended, and it was like, this is the definitive ending, and now every movie from here on out, we got to go back, and Nick Fury's got to come in and go, hey, guys, remember when everybody was gone for five years, and remember when this, this is a multiverse, and this happened in this multiverse, and now this person's come into this multiverse, and this person from this universe is here now, and they got two heads, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I just, I don't think we need it. I think it's sort of a... Now, comic book nerds are going to rip me apart on this. As well as they should. But I just feel like you don't need Just go forward. Just go forward. Just have Spider-Man so let me now build straight. his own mythology with all these new villains. Let me understand your argument. So a being from another planet using creation, genesis, power, and magic destroys half the universe. Mm-hmm. All right? And the half actually survives five years later. Yeah. And you think, even though this affected families, countries, entire planets, you don't want to talk about it. You're done with that. No, I think it's fine to mention at some point. (laughs) You know, let me just recommend something. I don't think you would be good (laughs) at hospice. I'm just saying that, you know... I don't think you need to be in the convalescence business at all. Or therapy. You, you don't think I belong in no, therapy? You, no, you don't need to be in that business. Oh, you don't get need to where be a you, Where you're just telling people, get over it I, I'm just on. saying. I'm just saying that we don't need to... I'm saying we don't need to, to commit a, a significant amount of time to this situation in every movie from now to the end God of time. God forbid you and your wife have to have counseling. <laughs> I'm just because saying. If that's a pat answer. I'm not. I'm not. She's I'm not, not against gonna be it. Happy. Neither is the therapist. I'm not against it. I just, you know, I don't need this. Oh, Mysterio's from a multiverse. Why don't we just make Mysterio a dude from this universe? Well, who, again, I haven't seen the trailer where they're talking about a multiverse. Oh yeah, there's one out there. I'm gonna have to look it up. You will have to look it up. Okay. But I'm sure it'll be great. Mysterio, as I understand it. He's not even a real superhero dude. He's no, more he's like not. Iron Man. He was a stunt man who could create special effects. Right. So most of what he's doing is illusions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think sort of a con artist. Correct. Yeah. I think he's setting up situations where then he can look like a hero. Right. Right. Then he can dispel it and he can be the hero. Which played right, that character could be a lot of fun. Right. You know, I don't know how they're playing it yet. It's hard to tell from the trailer. And it makes sense, too, after all the things that happened, even though I know you don't want to talk about it. But, you know, when the earth was almost destroyed, and so now there's going to be a market for that. If you're an opportunist, you go, ooh, I could create my own villains and then go go into the superhero business. Here's the thing, though, Lee, is... Let's, I, I know people who were like, I would like to watch The Avengers, but I don't have time to watch 23 movies, right? So, hypothetically, you should be able to jump back on the train now. Name one movie in the Marvel Universe that does not stand alone. Well, they all stand alone, but okay, then what's what I'm the saying problem? is now if you want to jump back in and be like, okay, I missed the Avengers storyline. I'm going to jump back in on this new second wave. And you then all what? of a sudden, all they want to do I is see. talk about everything okay, else. Okay, I see. What, so that, that's my point. Is my point is, is that if you, it now necessitates you having to go back, you having to go back and watch twenty three movies. Here's which what. you should be able to jump in now yeah. with the new gang, with the new Anthony Mac. Well, I can't say people haven't seen Endgame, but like 
new characters right. being new characters, mm-hmm. you know. And I think who hasn't seen Endgame by now? That's a good point. But I'm okay. Anthony Mackie's the new Captain. America. Yeah, new Captain America, and and presumably we're gonna have a new Iron Man as well. You know, is that Gwyneth Paltrow? I don't think so. That mm-hmm. doesn't sound right. But again, why wouldn't Rhodey just be the one? He could just take on yeah. But my point my point is is that you 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 kind of can start clean a little bit for people mm-hmm. who missed the first one. Like my 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 brother, he he missed a bunch of them, so he's like, "Well, I'm not going to go back and watch 14 movies to get caught up on this." Mm-hmm. But he has an opportunity now. They have an opportunity to pull new fans in and kind of start them with That's the, what this they next need. storyline. New line. fans. Well, people This is the most want, ridiculous Don't they rant want people to I've watch these movies? Why don't you call Hollywood <laughs> and tell them, by the way, let me help you here. You guys aren't doing very well with your Marvel Universe. And why don't you give us a, just a brief synopsis so people can watch the movie as a standalone vehicle? You oh. don't think they've thought of that? Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> by, by, by the way, by the way, I don't know if I told you this. Yeah. And you might have seen it, too. Did you see that Disneyland has now cordoned off a part of their park? And cordon blued it off? <laughs> cordon blued it off. No, uh... And the the uh, the graphics on the partition walls they've set up around it say Stark Industries. Okay, now here I'm glad you brought this up because this aggravates me to no end. You know, you're you're you've given great uh, ideas to Hollywood. Let me give a better idea to the folks at Disney in their theme parks. Okay. So you know they've got the Star Wars thing under construction. Down there at uh, Disney Studios. I think it's open in like a month, isn't it? Yeah, it's close. Yeah. Uh, the Disneyland one is open. Uh, Florida is not. But at Magic Kingdom, behind Space Mountain, they're building this brand new roller coaster that you, you, you fly. But it, the, the theme of it, and God help me, drives me nuts. Tron. That seems like a serious mistake. What? It was a bad movie originally. It was, it was two a bad worse movies. sequel. Yeah, I know. It did no business. Yeah. Tron. I hated it now, as I, a child. I did too. Then the second one came out, and I had no interest in I, that. I did too, and I thought, I think what they they because it visually they, they, they say visually it visually could be it would cool. work, and and it, it did well. It was originally in Japan, in Tokyo yeah. Disney. Oh, that's, I think you're right. So yeah. they they got that one. So they brought it. Why wouldn't anybody with any common sense go Stark Industries? It's Tomorrowland. That's what Howard Stark did. Obviously, what Tony did. Why can't we make that some Iron Man ride? You own it. You own it. Every little boy would go. Because Disneyland, or Disney World, I should say, it, it ignites the imagination. But it is, for all intents and purposes, and I'll sound sexist here, I guess, it is really girl driven and heavy it's all about you know a lot of princesses a lot of the movies we watch and love mm-hmm. there's there's the pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. space mountain is unisex i think we could agree but they don't have one for they really don't yeah because everything else could be enjoyed by either boy right. or girl and not that the little boys can't enjoy the princess stuff like i do right you know I, I love rapunzel those luminaries yeah i love the luminaries. but no but but uh but it would just give you you've another been, option. You've Why been in the past year. I've been in the past year. There is a a almost purposeful lack of Marvel stuff mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious as to why that is. My, I, my guess is legalities. 
um, even though they own film rights, they don't necessarily own, own the because Marvel, stu- Marvel, it its own entity. Uh, but wait, wait, wait! If you go to a Disney store, there is Marvel stuff right. everywhere. Right? Why are they not selling it at the park? Because, again, this is a guess. The legalities of over at Universal, they still have Spider-Man rides. They have the Incredible Hulk. I bet they've got some deal Sony. with amusement rides. Well, no, but well, Universal, whatever the deal they cut with yeah. Marvel, right. and they're waiting for that to expire, I assume. Right. So you think that the next, you think there is a plan to make a phase of a Disney park? You would have park. to be, but I just don't know you'd why be, they wouldn't be, wait on the Tron you'd be thing. Be crazy not to well, create some sort of a, a whole some sort land. of Marvel land. Yeah, I mean, it's as successful as Star Wars. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Somebody in Twitter will tell us exactly why. I have no, yeah. I have no fear. Somebody but, uh, knows what the legalese yeah. is behind all yeah. this. But, uh, well, we've been yammering on here for a while. Yeah. You got any hot goss or no? I don't want to be hot goss. I was hoping you'd bring some hot goss today. I didn't bring any. I don't like I know gossip. that Scooter Braun bought uh, Taylor Swift's catalog. What's that She's about? She's not happy about that. Yeah, what is it about? I, I heard somebody talk about that, and I don't know what it means. Scooter, help me out. You're a political. Scooter Braun is. I don't know who. Was he Trump's first press secretary? What? He, I, think he's a, I think he's a politician, isn't he? Only political scooter name I know is Scooter no, Libby. No, he's not. He's not. He is. You're thinking of Scooter Libby. He's an entertainment executive. Yeah. Scooter Libby's who I was thinking of. Yeah, that's, that's not even. Ari Fleischer. Ari Fleischer a, bought Taylor Swift's catalog. <laughs> scooter Libby's not even a Trump person. What is wrong yeah, with you? So anyway, uh, Taylor Swift's not happy about that. So there you go. Scooter Libby worked for Cheney. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know who Scooter Braun is. Well. And Taylor is upset because it's it, it's it's her catalog. Yeah, he bought he what, purchased the rights to her catalog. I'm gonna look this up. So this happened with uh, when Michael Jackson bought the Beatles catalog. Remember, and it upset mm-hmm. Paul McCartney. Yeah, I think he has it now, though. He got it back. Speaking of, I want to see. Oh, yesterday. Yesterday, Mary. yeah, we should go. I'm gonna go look, tonight. I, I, I know. I, look, I, you want to go? I'd love to go. Well, let's go tonight. Can't go tonight. Why? Because I want to do anything with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. I bet. Look. Look. Here's the thing is, I've already heard music purists uh, going yeah. apeshit on this movie, being like, well, you know, who's to say that the Beatles didn't exist? There wouldn't be another band that would have filled that, that hole and been as big as the Beatles. Well, of course. This is a fantasy movie. You know, I, I just, we, we have to have this, 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 uh, this mentality of reasonability. Mm-hmm. We can't even enjoy a lighthearted right. Romantic comedy based on the music of the Beatles, which for all intents and purposes looks delightful. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Because pragmatists like you right. mm-hmm. can't, let, can't let us enjoy it. You know, when we do the comedy competition, which we're going to start uh, next week, I believe. Oh, can I join in? Absolutely. Sometime? You could be a judge if that you was want. So, that was a lot of fun. The Occasionally you get a kid up there or an individual, and there's like, wow, this guy's really good. Like, really good. Like, and you ask them questions like, because yeah, I'm always curious, like, how many times have you been on stage? First or second time? Well, that's really polished. You start to realize that's stolen. Oh, really? Do you <laughs> yeah. see that a lot? I, not a lot, but I, I have figured it out occasionally. Like, no, your no, no. radar. Your or sometimes I actually know the joke. If I've heard, I know who does it. Do you call them out? Oh, yeah. Do you really? Absolutely. You say that is not your joke. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. A lot of them are, some of, sometimes, and there, it's happened to, to well-known comics, when they start out, they don't know the rule. They think you can go up and do other people's material. Yeah. 
you know, I've heard, you know, people like Roseanne and I've heard Eddie that Murphy too. and all those guys yeah. that originally, like, I was doing Richard Pryor's album. You, know, you can't do it that like way. Like cover, like almost right. like cover songs, like right? Like musicians do it, but right. comics do not. It's original yeah. thought. That's interesting. I don't know why comics can't get away with it, though, because musicians get away with it. Well, some comics do, like Carlos Mencia, for a little while. Oh, yeah. And then somebody catches yeah, him. Yeah, where is he now? Or your girl, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, yeah. But she got caught. Yeah. She's really falling off the radar. Yeah. I don't know what happened. She had a baby recently. Did you see what her na- or she named her baby? What? Jean Attell. <laughs> I know. She, I thought the same thing. Uh, I think it is both a double entendre uh-huh. and a uh, an homage to uh, the Dave great David Tell. I love David. Who's Tell. awesome. And I think he's a longtime friend of him. I think he helped kind of give her some We breaks. talked about that. What is it? Bumping mics? I haven't watched it. Is it good? Oh, though? my gosh. Yes, it's great. Have you seen the historical roasts? Uh, no, I haven't seen those. It's okay. It's funny. They could have blown it out and made it bigger. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like Jeff Ross and then three sort of mid to low level comics yeah. playing other people. I think if they had put some more money behind it, they could have made it something really good. Like, mm-hmm. I think they could have made it like drunk history level. Right. Interesting. But. I, I feel like it was kind of a they kind of looks like they kind of threw it together pretty quick. Looks like it was done in a club, yeah, and everything like that. But. No, I th- but I recommend bumping mics. I mean, the language obviously is rough like yours, but uh, Jeff Ross and, and David Tell it is yeah. so good. I think Tell is one of the he's greats. great. He's great. Somebody was and he's saying- getting better. He's one of those guys. He was <laughs> made to be old. Yeah. you know, he just well, that's where he's comfortable. Where he's just constantly cranky and complaining. I heard comics one time talking about it. we got to go. But I heard comics one time talking about how the most, the two most cribbed cadences in comedy right now mm-hmm. are Dave Attell and Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they say if you listen to people, they talk like Dave Attell talked back in. Right. You know, they had that same cadence. Hedberg's and I, hard to do because he was such Hedberg's a, hard like to a do, jazz but, artist. Everything was offbeat Yeah, but everything bit. was very quiet and here's a joke, yeah. you know. And like he was one of the first to kind of do that. And a lot, there are people who do that. Dimitri Martin does, it, does a very similar act to yeah. Hedberg. Now, I think they're they are contemporaries. I don't think Dimitri Martin is mm-hmm. stealing his act, but... Uh, but yeah, they said, and I didn't realize until they said. If you think about it, Jezelnik is doing a little bit of Hedberg. Yeah, it? yeah, sure. But I didn't realize that that thing about Attell is correct. And if you listen to Dave Attell's cadence on stage, you'll be like, "Oh, that is really familiar." Yeah. Like, I mean, it, 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 there are a lot of people that are kind of doing that. Yeah. But anyway, Lee, well, hey, good times, good chat. Now, why don't you tell the audience when our next uh, podcast is going to be? Well, hopefully it'll be sooner than later, but we are getting ready to do the KSR Road Tour. So if it's coming to your town, uh-huh. go see it uh-huh. and go see Matt and Ryan and Drew and the crew. And uh, I will be there, too. You know, don't have to say hi to me. It's okay. okay. I won't feel bad. Right. Uh, those guys are the show. And right. uh, we'll be doing our show, Hey, Kentucky, from a lot of those locations. Okay. So we'll be all over the place over the next three to yeah. four weeks. And so then, uh, answer the question, when, when are we going to our next podcast? It might be like three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Maybe. I'm sorry. Right. Well, I just want the audience to know when they start their Twitter rants <laughs> about how they missed the show, whose fault it is. Well, know that we will miss our listeners Because I, I will be sitting here waiting because I have nothing to <laughs> just do. Just be sitting in a bar. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you'll be Having doing. Having to pee quite a bit. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Me and Maria will be right here. All right. Well, if I can make it, I'll join you. Okay. But they, thank you again. You are tempting us with a co-host. I'm just going to tell you right now. Maria's had some great ideas so on mean. how to replace you. You guys are so mean. 
<laughs> uh, who would bring content to this show if I wasn't here? What kind of content? Look at Maria. Maria just goes, oh, he's right. Yeah. Well, I texted you, you this morning and said, bring me some, bring something to talk about. I and did. Then you. I came, I, I you brought about one you. beef against me, and then we had to come up with everything else. But I don't know why you've, you – listen, you get all – you have this anxiety attack, and we have been talking with no prep for two hours. <laughs> we could go longer. we sure got to stop we could. It. I wish we could go longer. Really? Yeah. Why would you torture people that way? I love it. I love I love hanging out with you. We have a good time. We do have a good time. Yeah. So thanks for joining us again. We'll see you when we see you. Yep. I guess. But uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. You'll probably be off, but we'll be back soon. And uh, for Lee Cruz, I am Chris Tomlin. This has been episode 61 of the Funkhouse Situation. We'll see you guys in the near future, hopefully. Goodbye. Goodbye.